Hey everyone, welcome back to the It's Mind Game podcast. My name is Jade and today I'm going to share with you 10 ways to reprogram your mind to recover from hypothalamic amenorrhea. So first off, our brains are much better troubleshooters than solution finders. So with that in mind, I'm going to teach you 10 ways to reprogram your mind by firstly identifying the top 10 things holding you back from recovery. This is actually the first activity in my HA Recovery ebook, and it's called Identifying Unhelpful Behaviors. If you listen to the podcast regularly, I suggest you go to the show notes, click the link, and buy this book ASAP. So let's reverse and highlight all the things which will threaten your success in recovery, and then we can identify what you need to do to recover in a timely manner. Let's begin. I'll start tomorrow. This one's pretty self-explanatory. Tomorrow never comes. It's time to start today. Reading lots of books, listening to lots of audios, watching YouTubes, and then doing nothing. Regardless of having HAs, so many of you take pride in reading great books, listening to incredible podcasts, watching so many informative YouTubes, but once you finish them, you don't apply any of the teachings. Now, I'm not being picky. I'm absolutely guilty of this too. But how do you think our futures would change if we actually applied what we had read, listened to, or watched, rather than simply learning about it and moving straight on to the next thing? Taking advice from people who knew nothing about HA recovery. Special mentioned the disordered self that convinces you to believe the non-expert on what to do because it aligns with your comfort zone, versus not listening to the professional or expert who is educated and experienced because they suggest something that feels wrong, uncomfortable, or goes against your disordered behaviors. I shouldn't have to say this, but I will just in case. You have every right to question, review, and research what a medical professional says, and to ask for second opinions. But I think you know what I mean, or what I'm trying to say here. It's a logical decision to trust an expert versus trusting someone who just learned about what HA is. Hanging around people who encourage your disordered behaviors. This person says the kind of thing like, but you look healthy, you eat well already. Surely eating more and training less can't be the answer. By listening and being influenced by these people, you're giving them power because they prey on your disordered behaviors. And as a result, you compromise on your health goals, your desire to live a balanced life, and possibly even your desire to be a mother. Select people who are going to support you, help you, and be there for you, even if they're uncertain about the process. You'd be surprised how good it feels to receive praise after making tough decisions that on your health versus having someone question if you're doing the right or wrong thing. Fail once, fail forever. You fail once and you decide, see, this isn't for me, when in reality, you can't fail with this process. You either win or you learn. As an example, let's say you decide to go out for dinner and you want to eat a food that you feel like rather than one that's the lowest calories on the menu. But then you go to dinner, freak out, pick the lowest calorie meal anyway because you couldn't handle the overwhelm of eating a new food or the idea of someone watching you eat this new food. Even though you didn't stick to your original plan, this doesn't mean that you failed and it doesn't mean that you won't ever be able to do it. It simply means you need a new strategy on how to make it happen. Perhaps you could start with ordering the lowest calorie meal, but then also order some sides for everyone at the table to share. And then you can nibble on a few things with friends 
without having the pressure to commit to a whole meal. You can use this practice to build confidence and slowly level up until you get to a place where you can order whatever you feel like and feel good about it. I use the confidence scale with clients to make such decisions like these and highly recommend you use it too. Complaining about things you can't control. This one definitely hits home for me. During HA, I spent so much time thinking and complaining both in my head and to others about how unfair it is to have to reduce my training, eat differently, let go of my fit identity. But in reality, all the complaining did was build more resistance towards what I knew I needed to do and it delayed my progress. The reality is our bodies will keep giving us signs and signals that something needs to change until its demands are met. No matter how much you complain or resent the process, it won't change the outcome. Your body knows what it needs to recover and until you honor it, your recovery path won't change. Not training less because you shouldn't have to or because another girl didn't. Think about when you're at school and you really wanted to get an A in maths. Perhaps you weren't that great at maths, so you needed to study a lot more than other kids in your class. Did you sit and complain that you needed to do more math study than others, or did you just whip out your books and study because you knew it would get you closer to the A? If you're an athlete and you needed to practice a skill more than your teammate to perfect it, did you complain about the additional effort you needed to put in, or did you just put in the work knowing that your extra work would pay off? Training protocols in HR recovery are much the same. Rather than complaining about what is required for your individual unique body, it's better to get down in detail what it is exactly you want, why you want it, and start building a burning desire to do whatever it takes, even if that means gradually tapering down training in order to get your desired result. Avoiding discomfort. Learning how to lean into the world of discomfort will change your life because once you learn how to navigate the feeling of discomfort and even dismiss it, then you have the ultimate power to create the life you want because rather than hiding from situations, you can embrace them and learn something from them. If you think about it on a deeper level, discomfort is the feelings of judgment that you are imposing on yourself about not being good at something, the risk of being undesirable, the risk of an undesirable outcome, or failing at something. But if you think even bigger picture, avoiding discomfort means you're increasing the chance of feeling regret in the future. The regret of not becoming a mother, the regret of not healing your body, the regret of not enjoying social events, the regret of denying yourself a life you deserve. 10 years from now, what feels worse? leaning into discomfort and learning to deal with it or the regret of never having tried. Making promises to yourself and then breaking them. Here is something you probably haven't thought about. Remember when you first started your fitness journey, your meal prepping, showing up to training, educating yourself on the best methods for success and then applying them. You're on the biggest high and felt so excited for the future. But do you know why the process felt so good? It felt so good because you were keeping the promises that you were making to yourself. When you keep your promises, you build momentum in life. You build confidence in yourself and you build resilience. And most of all, you learn that you hold the, all the power you could ever need to succeed. 
are overtraining, whether it be strength training, dancing, running, or even walking. If you're doing too much, it is going to keep your recovery at a distance. It is also important to evaluate how you feel about training and the decisions to reduce or cut it out. When you're thinking about your future, it's important to make logical and not emotional decisions. If you keep your training decisions based on your emotions, you'll get stuck in the, I don't want to, I shouldn't have to, maybe tomorrow, and so on. All of these thoughts hold you back. Instead, you need to be logical. Okay, so I need to reduce training. What is the best way for me to chip away at this? As an example, you could decide to run 500 meters less than usual. You could walk slower. You could remove a set from your gym session or have a rest day. Or you could even sit down and have a coffee date rather than going for a walk and having a coffee date. You don't need to do anything crazy, but you do need to be logical about your recovery goals and how to bring the plan to life. Other than the mindset piece, I'm pretty creative in ways to reduce training, and some might say it's a specialty. If you want to learn more about this, send me a DM and I'll help you out. Food rules. You have food rules that don't support recovery. These are included but not limited to under-eating, binging, binging and purging, fasting, elimination of food groups, high stress while eating, small portions, unbalanced diet, and so on. All of these rules and protocols are holding you back. Did you know you can be really creative with shifting out of these behaviors? As an example, you might practice having one bite of a muffin until it feels comfortable and then build up to eating to half or a whole muffin. You might practice having half a teaspoon of peanut butter until you feel comfortable and then build up to eating peanut butter on toast. You don't need to move mountains. You just need to move in the right direction. I talk about the confidence scale heaps with clients. It's a great tool to use for setting recovery goals and can absolutely be used for food rules too. Saying yes to everything so you can have an excuse not to sit down. As a reformed yes addict, I know what it's like to say yes despite wanting to say no. Saying yes meant I could keep busy and never have time to rest because secretly I didn't want to rest because resting felt uncomfortable. Saying yes also meant I didn't run the risk of being judged negatively or someone or letting someone down, sorry. Saying yes also meant I could distract myself from hunger and from my thoughts. Saying yes meant I could get in extra workouts without needing to sneak around because I was working out with a friend. Saying yes meant I could deny so many things that were un- that were fueling unhealthy relationships with food exercise and myself. Can you relate to this one? Are you a yes addict too? So we have identified threats or ways to delay your recovery. The reasons why inversion thinking is helpful is because it's easier for your brain to identify troubles or threats rather than solutions. So if you think about your HR recovery goals, your family goals, your overall health and lifestyle goals, and think about how you can sabotage these goals, you have identified the threat. Once you have identified the threats, you can then reverse them and use them to succeed by default. Because once you've identified what you don't want to do, it's easier to discover what you do want to do. In the perfect world, when you go to do any of these things listed, or what we've discussed previously, little alarm bells will ring that remind you, don't do that, don't do that. But it's a little bit trickier in reality. Though, at the very least, 
this is very helpful because even if you can't necessarily act on these behaviors straight away, it's going to make you so much more aware and alert at how often they're presenting themselves throughout the day. And from there, you have a better idea on what you need to do to gradually and slowly reduce them in a way you feel comfortable and confident to do so. Now we have identified what not to do, here is what the to-do list looks like. Start today. Read books, seek expert advice and apply the guidance. Take advice from professionals who are experts in HA and not just anyone who has an opinion. Find and surround yourself with people who support your recovery. Keep trying, even if things don't go to plan. Try, learn, try again. Lean into discomfort. Keep the promises you make to yourself. Be mindful and logical with your training protocol. Eat to nourish your body. Learn to say no and prioritize what it takes to restore your health. I hope you've learned something from today's episode. If you're in the process of recovery and falling short of your best effort, you should absolutely consider coaching with me. I've included a link below for you to fill in a client application form, which literally takes one minute. And from there, I can show you how I can help you go from where you are now to where you want to be. If you don't like the idea of coaching, I still have you covered with the HA Recovery eBook, which as I mentioned earlier, this exercise is the first one in the eBook. It is filled with exercises and journal prompts to help you sort out your thoughts and move forward in your recovery. Because unless you can sort out your thoughts, your recovery is going to be slower and tougher than it needs to be. Thank you so much for listening and I can't wait to join you in the next one. Bye-bye.